Hey everybody and welcome to another episode with your girl YB. Oh my god guys, I did not expect to get such a response for this new segment of True Crime. I'm glad, so so glad and thank you for your feedback and all. Uh, I really appreciate it. And if you're interested for me to talk about someone you are interested in, head over to my link on my IG at WTT.YB and let me know, okay? Also, selamat berpuasa, you all's raya coming. Bazaar is open and I have yet to go but the queue. Hmm, what the fuck is all that about, man? Insane. <sighs> I'm so bringing my son's fan along. <laughs> but I think yeah, the Malaysians... Bazaar is more wow. Yeah, I saw my friend post uh, about the ikan pari bakar. Oh my god, cravings, your cravings. <sighs> okay, before any, before we proceed, there are some questions that I would like to answer. Uh, okay, so from someone, I follow your podcast and definitely loving it. Birth story, yes, full support from me all the way from Dubai. Oh my god, from Dubai. Hey, thanks for supporting. And I've actually posted up my label story already. So go ahead and hear, okay? And enjoy it, Dubai. Oh my god, I would love to go Dubai one day. So. Unbelievable, I have yet to go Dubai. Okay, next question. Hi, totally love the birth, baby birth story segment. But you removed me from your IG. I hope all is well with you. Hi, babe. Uh, babe or bro. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for the uh, compliments for the baby birth segment. Yeah, I had to revamp my IG because um, I just needed peace. Lah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I felt very exposed and I don't know why I was, I was feeling it. But yeah, I'm so sorry I removed you or what. But um. Hopefully, I'll unprivate again one day. Lah, eh? <laughs> I can follow again. <laughs> okay, next. Uh, what happened to the story that you say you're going to see an ustaz to Rukia? Did you went to see one? By the way, love the segment hantu. But the background noises got to go. Quite disturbing. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, first que- uh, the first one is... um. No, I've yet to say an ustad for Rukia because I've been really busy, my god. I don't even have time for myself. I look like a potato. But potatoes are nice. Yeah, I love potatoes. But anyway, yeah, I've yet to see. But if I were to ever see, uh, I would I'll definitely update you guys. Because I think uh, the, um, most of you probably wondering like, Yasmin, what's the tea? What did ustad say? But yeah, I would definitely update lah when I were to... Go for it lah. Because right now, Alhamdulillah, everything is smooth and peaceful. And yeah, so let, let's just see from there lah. Uh, yeah, anyway, segment on two, yes, correct. I actually edit. <laughs> it was a trial. But apparently when I put out the poll on my Instagram and WTT, most of you were loving it though. So that's why uh, I know... I don't know, eh? But I still want you guys to listen. You know, those that say have got to go voted for or lose that shit, you know? But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I am probably still keeping it. But, maybe I will softer it a bit. <laughs> we shall see lah, okay? Let's see how it is. Okay, anyway, for today, it is another segment of Eminem. 
murderer and mystery so before i proceed as usual warning the following content contains explicit language which may be offensive to some viewers and is inappropriate for children the content is intended for mature audiences only listeners discretion is advised okay so today let's travel all the way to indonesia I love the food, I love the scenery, I love the people. It's like comfort whenever I go to Indonesia. But the only thing I hated about it was when I went there for the first time, they eat dogs. I mean not all people of course, but yeah, they have dog in the menu. Please no, remove that. Petition to remove YB for president. Ah damn okay. Anyway, last podcast we talked about Noni Sketchable. Today, we will be talking about Ahmad Unbearable, aka Ahmad Suraji, a serial killer. Now, when I read about Ahmad, I'm like, Ahmad, the fuck? <laughs> what you doing? Opposite, oh my god. So, let's get to it. Okay, Ahmad Suraji was born on 10 January 1949 in Medan, Indonesia. Hello, Mr. Capricorn. Fuck, my husband is a Capricorn. Oh my god, is he gonna kill me? Okay, anyway, Ahmad also goes by two other names: Dato Maringi and Nasib Kelewang. Kelewang, Kelewang. Okay lah, either or. Meaning of Kelewang, Kelewang, Kelopet. Kidding, kidding. Okay, uh, meaning of Kelewang, which I found interesting was. Uh, it actually mean a class of bladed weapon between the sword and machete found in Indonesia and Malaysia. Truly Asia. So Nasib Kalawang is like the fate of blades. Dun dun, coming from a serial killer. Dun 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 dun. Like what are the chances, right? <laughs> anyway, it was known that he was often neglected by his parents. He was apparently different as a young boy and had trouble making friends. Now this would let him be able to do things alone. But for Ahmad, it was lonely and he felt accosted by everything. He did not do well in school and thus the beginning a life of crime. At 19, it was his first time going to prison where he had to serve 10 years for petty crimes and public violence. Barely two years after being released, he was back behind bars for cattle theft. Yeah, the curi lembu. <laughs> so when he when he was released again, it was known that Ahmad felt he wanted to get rid of his bad reputation. Like he hated how people were treating him, so he aspired to be like his father. Quote. I aspired to follow in the footsteps of my father as I did not learn sorcery from anyone else other than him. End quote. So, he was 37 years old at the time he began the murders. Now, Ahmad, he earned a living as a cattle breeder and also, okay, here it comes, huh? a dukun. Hmm. For those that do not know, dukun means shaman. where their role is of a traditional healer, spirit medium and custom and tradition experts. Basically someone who uses black magic lah. Oh, do they use other magic? I 
I'm thinking. Okay, never mind. So Ahmad had the reputation where he ran a sorcerer's home where the majority of his clientele were women who would seek help with his spiritual powers to enable this woman to look beautiful, find good fortune, or even prevent their spouses from having feelings for other women. Mm. Oh, and get this. This Ahmad, okay, okay, he is a player. He has three wives, not one, not even two, but three. Okay, okay. Like, I've always wondered, uh, how can someone deal with three different women at once? Like, let's be real. One woman is already and can be really handful. I always tell my husband, you have one me, but you got to deal with multiple personalities. <laughs> so, no need to marry another one. Mm, Every day, new character unlock. <laughs> but yeah, maybe this was a time. I mean, during this time, I think it was a simpler time, you know, where a lot of people were like, polygamy. Wait, what, what was that where? Polygamy, ah, eh, polygamy, apa? Eh? I think it's polygamy. <laughs> I was researched that later. Anyway, so basically, a marriage with a lot of wives, lah, eh? and get this, ah, okay, 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 this is the best part. This is the best part, ah. and get this. All the three wives were <laughs> sisters. Oh my god, I kid you not. They are all siblings, ah, okay. Oh my gosh. Tumini was the eldest. Tumina, the second. And then Ngatia was the third. Ngatia, yeah. I thought it would be Tumini, Tumina, Tumino. <laughs> Kidding! It's Tumini, Tumina, Ngatia. Yeah. So now, Ahmad owns a house that has a sugarcane plantation. So it's huge, okay? Like, it's, it's huge, okay? So in 1986, Ahmad had a dream one night. In his dream, his father had come to him with an important message. His father said in a dream, If Ahmad killed 70 women, 70 women, he would become more powerful and he would be able to perform stronger acts of magic. He would also be a mystical healer. His father also said he had to consume the saliva of these 70 women for these more spiritual powers. So when convicted during trial, Ahmad had actually said this, uh, quote, My father did not specifically advise me to kill, so I was thinking it would take ages if I had to wait to get 70 women. Because I was trying to get it too fast as possible, I used my own initiative to kill. That was why from 1986 until now, I have killed 42 women. End quote. 42 women, uh. It's a lot, yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, the murder took place between 1986 to 1997. Okay, or shall I say murders? Victims were ranged from 17 years old to 40 years old. Now, Ahmad did not find the need to go about, unlike most killers, to get victims. Like, he used it to his advantage of being a dukon since women are coming to him. And that is how he gets his victims. He tells them he needs to do this and the woman will follow only to follow their own demise. Ahmad also would charge this woman. I mean, of course, like, these aren't free. You know, like before he began healing. And I'm using this word lightly, yeah, healing. Because technically, he killed them. So yeah, he would charge them amounts ranging from $200 to $400. Yeah. 
So only after receiving money, he would kill them later on. Like Ahmad was like, killing is tiring, so why not make money from it? Siak kan? But at this point of time, if you were to think about it, in 1980s, 200 to 400, it, it is actually a lot. Ah. I mean, now, no. It's like $10 now. That that worth, you know. But back then, 200 to $400 is expensive, you know. So this Ahmad was a hustler. He was a baller, I tell you. He really, wow. He's like thinking with the money, you know. Anyway, so Ahmad's first victim was Tukien, a.k.a. Ian. In December 1986, she went over to Ahmad's home around 6 in the evening. Now, she wanted to be successful, so when word got around how credible Ahmad was, she decided to head over. Ahmad then took Ian to the Say Semayang Sugarcane Plantation area, about 1km from his house, and then Ahmad had brought a hoe. <laughs> a hoe, really. Uh, it's not... A woman lah, but yeah, you guys know what a hoe is. A rope and a sack while Ian followed behind. When they found a suitable location for the ritual, Ahmad asked Ian to hold the flashlight to illuminate the ground he was going to dig. Ahmad then dug a hole about 1 meter deep, 1 meter long and about 70 cm wide using the hole. Ahmad then told Iam to enter the hole where her hands and feet were tied with the rope. So when Iam laid in the hole, Ahmad used the soil to cover her, but she was only buried from her feet to her chest. Yeah, it's very specific. Huh? Uh, Ahmad then squatted in front of Iam. He then rested her head on his thigh where his left hand would cover Ian's mouth. Alamak, kenapa kena bangun? Alamak. Okay, anyway. Uh, yeah, where was I? Yeah, okay. So, Ahmad, uh, he rests her head on his thigh, where his left hand would cover the mouth, Ian's mouth, and nose, while his right hand strangled her. So, Ian could not do anything, as not only were her hands and feet tied, but she was like buried like halfway, you know? So, Iam unfortunately died on the spot. Ahmad then performed another ritual using Iam's saliva. <laughs> really nasty. Then he lifted Iam up, untied the ropes, stripped Iam naked. Afterwards, he buried her again in the same place. Now, Ahmad also believed after killing and drinking their saliva, which I'm honestly curious, like how do you do that? How you collect? Using a cup? A shrimp? What? <laughs> okay. But anyways, after all that thing is, he would bury them with their heads pointed towards his house. He believed the placement would further enhance his magical powers. It is so freaky, okay? Like, you imagine you bury all these bodies around your house. Then you come out and like, my God, kepala siapa tu? You know, like, ee, seram. But anyway. Now, this was how Ahmad would do to all his victims. He would tell them that they need to go out to the sugar plantation, tie their hands and feet, bury half their body in, strangle them, unbury, untie, drink saliva, strip them naked, and then bury them full with their heads facing his house. How fucking weird is that, man? I mean, I understand you had an assignment, 
oh, what the fuck, man? Like, after killing, it was said Ahmad would be seen doing his usual activities, farming and attending to his cattle, like, as if nothing happened. And he got along with his neighbours, huh? Oh, it was also known that Ahmad was the type of neighbour where others actually respected. Like, Ahmad would volunteer his time to help out when needed, particularly when someone falls sick, he will also give like money to charitable causes and this helped promoted Ahmad, you know, like people would recommend him as a good, like a go-to person because like he was good, you know, and if anyone was seeking magical healing services, Ahmad, babe, kau nak kena jumpa Ahmad, dia baik, you know, yeah. So his next victim was Yusniar aka Niar, who was killed around March 1987. Same thing. And then the next woman was named Tomblok, and that was in 1988. Other victims included Rusmina, aka Poppy. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Poppy, August 1989. Diduk and Rusmiani in June 1992. Sulianti, aka Yanti, in June 1920, eh, 1992. Idar Yanti, 28 October 1992. Sadiem, 17 December 1992. Very busy year for Ahmad. Kunil in January 1993. And these were the ones that were named. Like the others, they didn't really put a list out there. But yeah. The last victim, Sri Kamala Dewi, was murdered on 23rd April 1997. Now, four days after Dewi died, the residents of Dusun Aman Damai were shocked when they found a naked corpse in the sugarcane field. So this was what happened to Dewi, okay? So Dewi was a 21-year-old woman who was known to have quarreled with her ex-husband, Tumin, a lot. Like there was one point the police even suspected it was Tumin that killed Dewi. But there was not enough evidence gathered against him. So yeah, uh, what happened was... Dewi had hired Andreas, a 15-year-old rickshaw puller. Um, okay, there's a lot of names, okay? But don't worry, I'll remind you guys along the way. Andreas, a 15-year-old rickshaw puller, to take her to Ahmad's residence. She requested Andreas to keep her whereabouts a secret and told Andreas she didn't need him to fetch her. Now, three days later, when her naked and decom- decomposing body was found, the police were called. Like, it was so sad, okay, because Dewi's mother, she could recognize her daughter just by looking at her legs. At this point, no one knew, like, what happened when Dewi was last seen running errands. Yeah. So, remember I said that Dewi's ex-husband was suspected? Now, when Andreas, the rickshaw puller, uh, heard this, he immediately went to the police. Good for you, Andreas. Really good for you. So, Andreas, he told the police that on 24th April 1997, Dewi had asked him to bring her to Dato, aka Ahmad Unbearable. And Dewi had went there late at night. So, when Andreas was being curious, he asked Dewi, but Dewi like tell him, Jang kepo boleh tak? Like, don't be kepo. I mean, that's not what she said lah, but basically... She didn't want that Andreas to know about her business, you know. So, like, word got out, right? And then the head of the village, like, they were the ones who dug the body up. He recounted that Ahmad 
on 27 April. Okay, I'm laughing because the situation was like the fuck. Okay, I tell you. So he recounted, like the head of the village, he recounted that Ahmad on 27 April 1997, like four days after, he was asking like, what was the commotion about, you know, like everybody was gathered, you know. So when the head village told him like, babe, kita jumpa mayat siul, kecoh babe. Then this Ahmad, he was like, oh, maybe ghost. Legit. So when the head of village like, oh, we 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 met, uh, we we found a dead body, and then I was like, oh, maybe it's a ghost. <laughs> like what the hell? You know, I even trying, Ahmad. What is his behavior, Ahmad? And you know what's the best part? What? <laughs> I'm sorry again. I'm laughing is because it's stupid. Like the fuck is this guy doing? <sighs> okay. So basically, this Ahmad, he was one of the six men last year to help dig the body up. <laughs> so there were six people from the villages, a village that was digging Davy's body up, and Ahmad was one of them. Apa ni man? Apa ni? Guys, I can't with this Ahmad. Like, the fuck is he doing? Okay lah, maybe because he. He just didn't wanted to raise suspicion. And remember, like, he was like really nice and charitable. So yeah, <laughs> so he volunteered to dig the body up. Okay. Mm-mm. So during trial, Ahmad stated that Dewi came over because she wanted her ex husband back. Like she wanted Ahmad to ensure Tumin would never go to another woman or even leave her. Ahmad also said. That the night Davy was scared because they had to like walk through the cemetery to get to the sugarcane plantation. A eh, red flag, eh? Serious. Walk at the cemetery, red flag. But Ahmad told Davy it was fine. However, Davy she insisted that Ahmad's wife to accompany them for the ritual, and that was how the wife got to know about the murders. It was unclear, like I couldn't find online and everything. Like if all three wives went, but his first wife to Mini, who helped her by the way, like babe, serious. <laughs> so while doing the ritual, Ahmad also said that he had to calm Dewi down for a while because Dewi was like freaking out as she should. So when he finally killed her and sucked her saliva out, to Mini, the wife. Had helped him removed her clothings and put them in a plastic bag, and this was also the night when all three wives found out about Ahmad's killing spree. I mean, he claimed that they didn't know about it until Davy's body was discovered, but I don't know, man. Like I'm assuming if these three sisters were able to marry the same guy, it shows like they're really close, right? So, you think they would hide this huge secret among each other if they are that close? Hmm. But anyway, so when Andreas came forward and all, police immediately headed to Ahmad's house to question him. So the fellow was like denying the alleged murder. But then the police found Dewi's handbag, dress, bracelet, and Ahmad knew he can't bullshit his way out of this. Ahmad was then arrested on the 30th of April of 1997. So yeah. He went through four days of interrogation, where he finally confessed to killing forty-two women, and they were all buried in a sugarcane field. 
wow man like 42 women honestly if you think about it it is really a lot <sighs> so the police and the military worked together to dig these bodies out like Davy was easy to identify because she was like fresh like the recent yeah four bodies were then discovered and shortly identified because families were like stepping forward you know like or claiming whether this is their daughter you know and then four other bodies could not be identified and they were sadly cremated without anyone claiming them so most were reduced to skulls and bones and police believed there were more than 42 bodies but it was just like impossible to prove at this point yeah It was also known that Ahmad did not sexually violate any of his victims based on the forensics team. I mean, come on, he had like three wives to do that for him. Thing <laughs> turn. I'm sure Ahmad was weirded out by them. So yeah, that was believable. Anyway, there were reports also that uh, over 80 women were missing, but police had no way of knowing if they were murdered by Ahmad. Now this number consisted of prostitutes too. As Ahmad stated when he felt business was moving slow, he would actually go after prostitutes to add to his body count. Horrible. Like this is why I don't get. Like if you can come up with that number, if you really killed the others, like why not just claim? I mean you're already going to die anyway. So I mean if he really did manage to kill 70 women, then he should have been powerful also, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to prank, guys. played out big time okay and all these murders are not worth it and it should not have even happened i'm just saying anyway his three wives tumini tumina ngatia were also i really wish it was tumino so it would be very nice tumini tumina tumino <laughs> but anyway tumini tumina ngatia they were also apprehended by the police i mean like the tumini you help but for tumina and ngatia Not much was said about them though like some articles said that they all received the death sentence as well but was later overturned to life imprisonment others stated life imprisonment overturned to death sentence so it was really unclear but anyway they're dead already or they're probably rotting in prison you choose okay you you choose the ending for the wives anyway too many was tried as accomplice but the other two were only charged with assisting yeah many also believe that his wives were under his spell which i honestly think that that could be possible you know like if you think about it in the first place how the fuck you get three sisters to agree to marry you sia i mean touch your heart and answer honestly like would you share your husband with your sister If any of you have fathers who are married to siblings like second or third wife are siblings or even related let me know please cuz I'm really curious I really am like ugh. and and honestly if you were to google Ahmad Suraji he's not a good looking okay to be honest I'm just being honest yeah yeah anyway Ahmad was then tried at Lubuk Pakam District Court, North Sumatra on 22nd December 1997. The court was full house yo. And because of the huge crowd that had gathered, the government of Delhi Serdang prepared a large tent and four TV monitors for those who did not get a seat in court. So considerate. <laughs> four platoons of police were assigned to get like to guard the trial, you know. 
At first, Ahmad denied all allegations in court, claiming that the police were brutal during the interrogation and he was threatened to admit to these alleged murders. Even Tumini, the first wife, denied the accusations and said the prosecutors were lying. Now, this trial was so kecho and so big that they had to have a three-judge panel. What? Yeah. So, after months of trial, finally a verdict was given on 27 April 1998 and Ahmad was sentenced to death. In August 2004, Ahmad and Tumini had appealed to President Megawati Soekarno Putri requesting clemency but of course it was rejected like what were you expecting right Ahmad Ahmad actually requested to meet his family including Tumini as a final request and it was fulfilled on 10 July 2008 10 years later Ahmad was sentenced to death by firing squad so basically um, you stand and then people I mean the soldiers will shoot at you yeah it's brutal but yeah Before he died, he had given one last interview where he actually stated, quote, The black magic came from God. I don't have it anymore. I have repented. I hope I have a chance to live. End quote. Firstly, which God am I? Black magic, God give. Logic. Come on. Secondly, hope to live then how about those women, you know? Like, I know it is shitty to go to a dukun as your last action. Like, it looked as a sin, like, but you didn't even give them their chance to repent. I mean, honestly, like, can you imagine your last, the last thing you did on earth? I mean, as a Muslim especially, it's actually you went to seek help from black magic. It's kind of sad, lah, honestly. Like, I mean, I mean, this guy is trash, honestly. But he's dead now, so yeah. Uh, it was also said, he gave religious advice to fellow inmates. He had apparently stopped being a dukon and converted to Islam. He became devoted to... He was also known to be very popular. Hmm, like as a serial killer, it actually led him to being kind of a celebrity while in prison. Guys, get better idols. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Do you know how some people look up to these killers? Like, hello, kau kenapa? Stop idolizing criminals, man. Like, Ted Bunty, all this. Stop, okay? Especially murderers, rapists, abusers. Like, no, girl, no. Just stop. So yeah, that's the story of Ahmad Suraji, Asia's serial killer. It is insane, man. Like, this is why I never trust Dukons. Like, I'm so sorry, but please don't come for me. <laughs> but there are many murders relating to Dukons. You remember Mona Fende? Yeah. Oh, that was huge also. Like, they even made a movie about it. And the movie was banned, okay? like But you can still find it online. Like, but it was so scary, okay? But she was also a Dukon. Oh, how about the shaman in Singapore? You know, that killed the small boys? It was like quite quite a while back. Hmm, I might do a story about that. But that was also brutal. That was very sad, honestly. And also, never trust the devil, man. Hashtag team God all the way. Okay, and with that, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Let me know what are your thoughts. Or even if you want me to cover a true crime story you're interested in, head over to my IG at wtt.yb. And honestly, I'm glad I'm able to talk about all this. Yes, research Sampai Mata Kero, but I think it is something different as compared to others. I mean, of course, there are others who are doing true crime also, but not so many. And I'm glad, I'm glad 
I'm glad, I'm glad. Glad to bring this over to my platform. And that will be all for today. I hope you enjoy while listening, you know, during this pandemic. Try not to be a horrible person and more stupid because common sense tend to be lacking these days. Yeah, so till next time, sip sip and enjoy your scum.